Welcome to the Empowered Life. I'm your friend, Ern Inyon. This podcast aims to inspire you to create the life that you want to live. If you are not yet a subscriber, be sure to subscribe and get notified when a new episode is posted. Now let's go on with the show. Hi everyone. My super smart boy Ethan is into planets and galaxies these days. You know, last night when I was about to sleep, he rushed to me and told me what he made. Dad, would you want to see something cool? He said. Yeah, what is it? I said, trying to be excited, but was way, was, I was way too sleepy. Then he switched off the light and he showed me his glowing Saturn made of paper mache. Dad, look. Ooh, he said. What he made was so cool. Sometimes he would give me some interesting facts about the universe. Dad, did you know that Mercury takes only 88 days to revolve around the sun, while Pluto takes 248 Earth years to revolve? Dad, did you know how big Jupiter is? It can fit 1,300 Earths in there. And do you know how big is the sun? It can fit 1.3 million Earth. Wow! You know, it's amazing how he absorbs this information. I am glad that he loves to explore and wants to meet Elon Musk. We all know that Earth is just one of the planets that revolves around the sun. And we also know that our solar system is just part of the Milky Way galaxy. And that Milky Way is just one of the billion, oh, billions of galaxies in the universe. So we are literally just a speck of a speck raised to the infinite power in the entire universe. And yet, many times, we act as if everything revolves around us. We see ourselves as the center of the universe. So where did we get this idea? To answer this question, we have to go back to the time of Aristotle around 300 BC that he believed the sun and other planets and fixed stars revolve around the earth. His idea was widely accepted by the Greeks of his time. His idea was further supported by Claudius Ptolemy, an astronomer 300 years later, who made a scientific map of the universe showing the planets and the stars revolving the earth. The earth-centered view of the universe was widely accepted for about 1,500 years. So the belief, the belief was not seriously challenged until 1543 by a Polish monk named Nicholas Copernicus. There was actually a French scholar and later became a bishop by the name of Nicole Oremé, 100 plus years before Copernicus. He thought of the idea of heliocentrism putting the sun at the center instead of the earth. He wrote in his book, The Book of Heaven and the World, that it would make more sense if the earth to move rather than the heavens. But he concluded that the in, in, the, in the Bible dictates that the earth remains still. So his work didn't make a mark in history because during his time, his contemporaries didn't see as important. This shows you timing is so important. So 100 plus years later, 
Copernicus su suggested that the sun is the center while the earth revolves together with other planets around it. He had this idea long before he died, but he was afraid. Since the earth, uh, since the church thought that the earth was central, his theory would be considered a heresy, and heretics were put to death at that time. So he wrote his book, The Revolution of Heavenly Spheres, and ordered it published after he died. It was said that he was holding his book when he died. The church was greatly shaken by his book. Copernicus' theory later was further cemented when Galileo invented the telescope and saw the different planets and moons orbiting the sun, thereby proving the theory of Copernicus. You know, the acceptance of the theory was met with so much bloodshed. There were many, many people who were burned at the stake for advocating Copernicus' theory. The Vatican arrested Galileo and put him on trial for the same reason. He had to recant, otherwise he would have been burned also. It was only in 1992, 359 years after, that Pope John Paul II issued an apology for the grave mistake the church, the church did. The shift from Earth Central to heliocentrism is a massive reorientation. So just imagine once we believe to be the center of the universe, then into just one of the small rocks in the universe. We once saw the man as the most significant creation, then to just one of those occupying this small rock. Many people still haven't fully grasped this shift in view. Others still believe and act as if this is a human-centric universe. So what is the impact? when we see ourselves as the center of the universe. I would say, number one, um, I would say hugely is unmanaged expe expectations. You know, we all work toward achieving our goals. Whether you successfully achieve your goal or fail to reach it, there are expectations attached to it. Kurt Cobain was the lead singer and guitarist of the rock band Nirvana. The group started in 1987 and was at the height of its popularity in 1992 when they released their al album Nevermind in 1991. The album was awarded multi-platinum and Nirvana was the biggest thing in rock music at that time. On April 5, 1994, two years after, he took his life. He was just 27. He wanted to be famous. But when he got it, Kurt Cobain didn't like it. He mourned the loss of enthusiasm in performing to massive crowds, was what he said in his suicide letter. So he's, he's took it, he took his life because he can't manage his fame. Another example is German billionaire Adolf Merkel. He took over his family business in 1967 and transformed it into one of the biggest companies in Germany. He was Germany's fifth wealthiest man and 94th in the list of world's richest. In 2008, at the height of the financial crisis, his companies were in trouble. In January 2009, he threw himself in front of a speeding train. He died in instantly. 
He took his life because he can't manage failure. What will other people think about us if we fail? What will happen if we are no longer famous? What will other people think if we lose our business? You know, countless people commit suicide because they'd rather die than face reality. You know, in the movie Netflix, there's a movie, Luther. You know, I watched it um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, starring Idris Elba and uh, Andy Serkis. Andy played an extortionist there who keeps the secrets of other people, uh, other people are doing in the internet and blackmails them. Shame can be powerful force than death. In the other side of the spectrum, if let's say life has been fantastic lately, business is doing well, you won an award, people are celebrating your achievement, please do commit whatever you are working on, but please don't do it to please other people, your mom, your wife, your family, your friends, your mentors, people who are closest to you. I know we want our mom up to be proud of us. I know it's sweet, but please don't. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment. And let me tell you, your mama is already proud of you, whether you win or you lose. Your family will always be there if you graduate with honors or not. So if you lose your friends because you lost, they were not actually really your friends. If you are a parent, don't put too much pressure also to your kids. If they are playing a game, don't pressure them to win. Just tell them to enjoy. In school, don't pressure them to graduate with honors. Just tell them to love learning. We have become slaves to what other people think that we forget how to live. Especially now, many people love to talk about the failures of other people. Many people love to see a great athlete, a rich man, a famous actor go down, get old, or fail. It's sick, if you ask me. But why do we do this? I believe, unconsciously, we also want to be the center of the universe. So what solutions do we have? I have three solutions for you. Number one, live the infinite game. What is the infinite game? I got this concept from the book, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Let us define first what is a finite game. You know, finite games are played by known players. They have fixed rules and there are agreed upon objective that when reached, ends the game. So football, for example, is a finite game. The finite game means that there should be a winner and a loser. We compete because we want to win. Infinite games, in contrast, are played by known and unknown players. There are no exact or agreed upon rules, though there may be conventions or laws that govern how the players conduct themselves within those broad boundaries. The players can operate however they want, and if they choose to break with convention, they can. The manner in which each player chooses to play is entirely up to them, and they can change how they play the game at any time, for any reason. Infinite games have infinite time horizons, and because there is no finish line, 
no practical end of the, to the game. And there's no such thing as winning an infinite game. In an infinite game, the primary objective is to keep on playing, to perpetuate the game. Many people live life like a finite game. For us to be successful in life, someone needs to fail, someone needs to lose. We pull people down so we can push ourselves up. Someone needs to look bad so our candidate will look good. In life, we have to play the infinite game. Nobody needs to lose for you to be successful. Our country can be great if we can find a way to push everyone up, not just for a selected few. The second one is have a servant mindset. The most successful people I know are the biggest servants. It makes so much sense because when you serve, you give value. If you have a job, you are paid because on the value that you give. When a leader is a servant, it sets the tone in the whole organization for everyone to be conscious on giving and to be active, rather than wait to be served and stay pat- passive. Having a servant mindset also promotes dignity and dismantles entitlement. Romans 12 chapter 10 says, Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. You know, in marriage, I don't believe in one way and that, and that wives should serve their husbands or vice versa. We have to serve one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. If you are the leader and you are the biggest servant, you somehow vacate the center seat. The third one, the, ser- the third solution is take responsibility. When you are in life, where you are in life is the sum of all the decisions you made. Whether you are successful in business or failing in your chosen endeavor, take responsibility. By taking responsibility, you don't look for other people to blame. My wife and I, we are responsible of taking care and nurturing our son in the best possible way we know. We know how until such time he can manage on his own. We don't do it because we are hoping we would on he would honor us, he would love us back or whatever. Of course these are great, but we do not want we do it, we do what we do because we are taking responsible responsibility as parents. The fruits of taking responsibility will just bear in time. If you own a business or leader of a team, or have been assigned to handle a project. Just take responsibility. Don't do it because people will validate you, people will clap on your achievements, your family will throw a party or etc. Just take responsibility and do what you need to do to get it done. The fruits of taking responsibility will just bear in time. So these are the solutions to manage the impact when we see ourselves as the center of the universe. Live the infinite game, have a servant mindset, and take responsibility. So to end this episode, reflect on how this center of the universe mentality has affected you. Then write down how you can live the infinite game, have a servant mindset, and take more responsibility in life. Thank you so much for listening, friends. 
please rate and review this podcast and share it to your friends. Until next time, blessings always. Thank you.